A new report finds that women pay billions more out of pocket for healthcare than men, according to Deloitte. Over 16 million employer-sponsored health plans found women spend more than $15 billion more annually, even when excluding maternity care. This is Pulse Check. I'm Lauren Gardner. The FDA is weighing the first stem cell therapy to treat ALS, but agency documents indicate regulators are leaning against clearing it for the market. FDA scientists have said they have major concerns about the candidate, called Neurone, ahead of a meeting of the agency's expert advisors. The drug aims to treat ALS by using patients' own stem cells. FDA scientists said they're concerned with results from the drug's late-stage clinical trial, apparent missing data from the company's application, and lingering questions about manufacturing. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services data on private equity ownership of nursing homes has significant limitations, says the nation's watchdog agency. The Government Accountability Office's report to House Ways and Means Committee ranking member Richard Neal found that CMS lacked ownership data for many nursing homes. That could be because some didn't comply with certain reporting requirements or meet the threshold for needing to do so. GAO also found that the agency's data doesn't have a way to easily identify private equity companies. And one of the country's most influential doctors' groups is shifting to more liberal stances, straining its once-strong GOP ties. Politico healthcare reporter Daniel Payne is here to explain the scope of practice. Hey, Lauren. Thanks for having me. So the American Medical Association was once seen as a Republican ally, but it's moved leftward in recent decades on issues like Obamacare, abortion, gun control. So can you explain what's going on here and how has the AMA's political stance shifted over time? Absolutely. So I think everyone would agree that the AMA has definitely moved leftward from decades and decades ago. But it's really notable now because healthcare issues are at the forefront of so many political debates. So issues like gender affirming care for minors or abortion rights and abortion access are really at the forefront of tons of political and policy conversations. And the AMA is coming out strongly on these. So it's making the organization for some seem more polarized. And what were their stances decades ago that were seen as more in concert with what the GOP advocates for? They were just known to give more for Republican candidates. So if you look back on the records of who they were giving to as part of their political action committee, and also just being more defensive about how much the government was getting involved in health care, they still, in a way, are trying to keep government out of the doctor-patient relationship, they would say. And they would say this is a continuation of that, trying to advocate for abortion rights. But before, there was a sense that programs like some of Medicare and Medicaid maybe was government overreach and should have backed off. So why does the AMA's position matter for policy issues? It matters because they're seen as the voice of physicians in Washington. And the stances that they take are held with a lot of weight and have been for a long time. So now that they are being seen, especially by some Republicans, as more politicized and more polarized, that reputation is at stake now. So how has the AMA responded to recent Republican policies, like what you would mention, abortion bans, limits on gender affirming care, and the end of affirmative action? 
The AMA president told me that they are always going to support evidence-based medicine. And another big theme is that they're going to support protecting the patient-doctor relationship. So policymakers staying out of that, not restricting care, not restricting what doctors can do. That carries over across beyond government to insurance companies and essentially doctors having more power in their relationship with their patients. So in turn, how have some Republicans responded to the AMA's positions? Some Republicans have seen this as the organization sort of getting overtaken by more liberal politics and political movements, that this really isn't necessarily evidence-based, that these are partisan issues, and that the AMA has chosen a side in this. That's made some GOP staffers on the Hill less receptive to the AMA when they come to them. And it's sort of broken up to some provider lobbyists and provider groups that they're a little bit more hesitant to join in with the AMA on issues because they're afraid that they'll be seen also as more liberal with these stances. What's at stake here if the relationship between the AMA and Republicans worsens? I think everyone in health policy sort of knows that it's a delicate balance of different stakeholders at play here. So if one of those stakeholders, like the AMA, this huge provider voice is sort of knocked out of balance, it's going to change the health policy conversations on the Hill overall. More broadly, physicians' voices in Washington could be affected, how much they're listened to when it comes to these policy decisions. And, you know, maybe even more broadly than that, the idea that healthcare is becoming more politicized, and this is another data point of politics overtaking all policy discussions, even ones that have been bipartisan for a really long time. Great story. Thanks so much, Daniel. Thanks, Lauren. And before you go, join Politico on Thursday, September 28th at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time for our Cancer Moonshot event on cancer treatment and innovation. Join us for an in-depth conversation with leaders in the field, including private industry, nonprofits, the National Cancer Institute, and the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health. To register, visit politico.com events and click the upcoming events tab. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Lauren Gardner. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. Want to know what the man who hopes to be Britain's next Prime Minister thinks about the world? Join me, Anne McElvoy, to hear Labour leader Keir Starmer's views on China, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and why Barack Obama is his go-to source of advice. It's all in the first episode of Power Play. Unpacking it, I'll be joined by a transatlantic Politico duo, Rosa Prince, editor of London Playbook, and Hal Tuzi, senior foreign affairs correspondent in Washington, D.C. So do join us as we try to make the Atlantic a little less wide for the inaugural episode of Power Play, wherever you get your podcasts.